This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The Church Boys. You're such a jerk. Okay, we're calling now. Let's see if this person picks up. Welcome to the Crack Jack and Barbie Show. This is Jab <laughs> Settle. <laughs> what? John Seidel. The Cracker Jackson <laughs> Jungle Radio Show. Well, you've got that down pretty good. You sound like maybe you were a morning. to play every song all the time and 24-7. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, he comes on with shtick already. So, uh, those of you who may not recognize the uh, the fabulous <laughs> DJ voice, that is the, uh, <laughs> that is, those are the dulcet tones of, uh, of John Seidel. Uh, janitor and deputy managing editor for the Blaze. John, you're on the air. Is that all right? You know, I didn't realize that I was actually going to be on the air right away, but I think it kind of worked <laughs> out. I thought you were going to call me and be like, "Hey, we're go- you know, uh, we're about to go on. You know, no. give me a sound check." But oh, no, uh, no, nope, no sound check. You're on. <laughs> it's it's going to sound horrible no matter what. We figured we could either practice it beforehand or just go raw. We'll just go raw because it'll sound <laughs> equally terrible. So, um, great. <laughs> so great. the reason, okay, so we're having you on. Well, Billy said we should have you on out of pity because you were hosting a podcast for a while that has now come to an end, at least for a while for now, uh, about the bachelor. Um, mm-hmm. and again, uh, and it was, I never so, used it was the word it, pity. Oh, it was, you didn't say pity. I did pitiful, not say pitiful. The, what's this, the word? By the way, is this another Billy lie? Didn't he lie last week? All the time. He lies every week. Every <laughs> week. It never ends. I'm not going to lie. I'm just The kidding. Bachelor's husbands watching um, the show with it's their the, wives or whatever it was called was really the, interesting. It was the show all about justifying married, you know, straight men watching The Bachelor. <laughs> married guys talk Bachelor. Right. Now, right. like I, I told Michael Pucka one time. One listener pointed out, and this is funny, I didn't realize this, but if you read it, so it could be married guys talk bachelor, but if you look at where that S is strategically placed, you could say married guy stock bachelor. Oh, that's probably more accurate. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think they were more stalking the poor women who have subjected themselves to that. Oh my goodness. So. I, I to be fair, John, I I I did listen to your podcast and I, and I thought it was fun. I thought it was. I mean, bachelor's, I bachelor's not my thing, but I thought it was cool that you and you know old what's his name took that on and and did that. There is actually a faith connection here um, to the married guys talk bachelor podcast, and that is, um, I was texting with one of my pastors at church um, a couple weeks ago, and he he sent me a text and he said. Oh, do you really watch The Bachelor? And I thought, oh, no. You know, when your pastor texts you, do you really watch The Bachelor? That's an issue. That's not good. I feel like. And so I I, I sent back and I said, you know, is is this is this the start of an official, you know, series of church discipline that I'm going to be going through? (laughs) And and he said, no, actually, I'm a I'm I'm slated to interview um, a previous bachelor, Sean Lowe, who lives here in Dallas, and I need your expertise to help me so I figure out what I can what I can ask him and what I know to ask him. So wow. my my bachelor watching actually contributed to the good of 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 my the bachelor. kingdom, John. The kingdom. Look at you. That's right. That, yeah, growing that's the kingdom, kingdom work. 
<laughs> that's funny. Hey, the, well, that's that actually turned out pretty cool. That's all. That's all right. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. So we always, I always, whenever I told, now Billy never did this, and I'm not gonna lie and, and cause Billy problems, but I always call it, Billy. What did I always call it? The, the I swear I'm not gay podcast. <laughs> That is what Chris actually called. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I, I it couldn't not, be helped. However, hey, listen, hey, listen, you. I know what you called this show: two pricks with a microphone. I get it. That's fine. You're allowed to call it that. That's okay. It doesn't hurt my feelings. Wait, are you going to tell John how you think fathers should be phased out? I don't. Th- okay, so here's so John. We're fathers. Calling, I don't think fathers should be phased out. Billy's lying again. So we're we were having this discussion before we called you, and we thought. Hey, this would be a good time to bring John on. We plan on having you on anyway. We thought, well, let's talk to John about this because Billy shared some news that's happening with his family, but we have not shared your news on our show at all. Did you want to share maybe some news and then we'll get into this discussion while we're discussing it? Yeah, so I am a first-time father um, and my baby is due to enter this glorious world um, about May 9th, May Ooh. 8th or 9th. Congratulations. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Little girl. Yeah, all right. Johnina? Yeah. Johnina? <laughs> no. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know. What are you going to call her? What do, you, do you have a name yet? Are you sharing the name? Her, her name is Annie. Her name is Annie. Annie. All right, cool. So the yeah. discussion that Billy and I were having was, as you know, the Blaze staff is can ask uh, Glenn questions and sometimes he'll answer our questions about different things in the company. And one, one time we had a question that was put out there by our own um, William Penelope Hallowell, the third. And it was about paternity leave. Is the blaze ever going to institute paternity leave? You know, a lot of companies offer, you know, paternity leave, but there's maternity leave, but is, will there be paternity leave? So Billy, the selfish communist is asking obviously for himself (laughs) to get paternity leave. And he and I had a big, long text, texting gchat debate over it you know and there were tears it, most, there were tears it was written in all caps it was doing all this kind of stuff where do you come there, down? Were, there were there were there were there were ridiculous emoticons yes i, I hate emoticons do not use emoticons Wait, Billy, let me clarify do not something. use emoticons me, with me let me clarify something about my paternity leave proposal my question was um, you know, could could we have five to ten days? So one to two weeks. That w- when I say paternity leave, that's what I'm thinking. I'm not thinking months and months and months of time. I'm thinking like a so week to two Bill, in addition Billy, to your Billy, vacation. Billy's thing is, hey, if if I happen to knock up my wife, can I have an extra two weeks of vacation? That's his thing. <laughs> so that's what Billy's asking. So my question to you, John, my question to you, John, is, if 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 a man knocks up his wife or girlfriend, should be he be then granted automatically two weeks of extra uh, vacation? All right. So, Let me put well, it in first the crowd. Did Glenn ever answer your question, Billy? He did. He did. He did answer my question. He did. And, and I, it was. I haven't. I haven't seen that yet. What did he say? Um. You what know. It's so it... funny. We're sharing like internal. No, but he was really great about it. I mean, he said he supported time off for parents to be with their kids, and that it was really an HR question. It's, um, it's, it's HR, you know, so. and he's not opposed to it. You know, why not look into it? That kind of thing. It was kind of the right. gist I got. Right. It, yeah. it wasn't a let's do it or let's don't do it. It's like it's worth certainly worth considering. That was the takeaway I had. Yeah, exactly. So I would say if this issue didn't involve Billy, it'd be easier, right? Because (laughs) because being a serial um, just whiner. Oh, um, beyond belief. What's that? It's beyond belief. His level of whining. Wait a minute. I want to point something out before we continue. See, he's going. He's whining already. He's whining. He's whining already. (laughs) 
I, no, I won worst complainer senior year. I won funniest and I won most superstitious, which <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. So, mm. so John, give us your expert uh, opinion on well, this. Unless, of course, I, you, disagree, unless, of course you disagree with and then you're just a tard like Billy. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, since, since this is the Church Boys podcast, I will, bring, I, will, I will add a little serious love to you. Okay. I do think that we are seeing the you know the breakdown of um the family unit right sure. and, and as society um as the family unit breakdown breaks down that has a lot of of bad consequences um and in fact you even see people like dolce and gabbana recently talking about you know why you know a family unit or uh, excuse me uh, not dolce and, and gabbana but uh, the 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 woman who was raised by a lesbian um, couple saying, you, you need both a father and a mother. You know, I didn't have that and I missed out on a lot. So my point is that I think there is something to be said for uh, an idea of um, culture um, um, bestowing uh, a, a, a type of reverence for um the family unit. And I think that by uh, companies uh, giving paternity leave, you are, um, uh, you are working into culture, that reverence that, that, that people are saying, we believe that uh, a father and a mother being there at a crucial time um, in a, in a baby's life is, is something that we're going to support is something that is good for society and that we, you know, uh, want to be uh, a part of. So right. I don't, I don't um, see it as something just to, uh, good just because Billy whines and wants wants more vacation. <laughs> um, but I do see it as as a reflection of if society starts honoring that, they they then start more so. Uh, honoring uh, the family unit. Okay, now, does that makes sense. Yeah, it absolutely is, and I agree with those principles totally. And Billy and I agree on those principles. That was where we were in agreement on our little, you know, little Twitter or uh, texting spat that we had. But my thing is, I don't believe in coercing employers into doing it. Sure. I don't think that the government should have any role. In fact, you know, if employers want to ask, or if employees want to ask their employers, "Hey, would this be possible?" I don't think that employers should be pressured into adding paternity leave to their, you know, to their list of benefits. That's, I just, I don't think that that's healthy for employers. I don't think it's healthy for society. I think that paternity leave could be healthy. Listen, I've, as you know, I've had three kids. Well, my wife, my wife and I've had three kids, you know, ranging from, you know, one to seven years old. So it's not like it's, they've, it was long ago, you know, it's, it's recent. Right. It's a, it's a recent thing. So I, and I never did paternity leave and this doesn't make me more of a man for not having it, but it's like, it's just, my wife was able to have really good maternity leave for her thing. And when it was time for her to go back to work, she went back to work and I didn't feel obliged to do this or do that or help, you know, to take time off. She didn't want me to, she wanted me to listen, you've got your job you've got to do. And I guess it depends on the person. I mean, like people like you and me, John are obviously hard to replace. Billy was easy to be easy to replace. So <laughs> it, wouldn't, it wouldn't bother the blaze at all for Billy to take two weeks off for paternity leave. You and I, <laughs> You and I take two weeks off for paternity leave. You know, things fall apart. Everything goes to hell. Right. And so there's the big difference, right. I think. Listen, listen. Well, I think this is interesting. I do think, and I'm not judging people who don't take it. I think I took a week off when Ava, my first kid, was was born, and that was nice. I think two weeks would be perfect, but it's a lot of time. 
But, you know, when you look at polls on this, you've got like 89 percent of men who have, who have been surveyed in the U.S. saying that they wish they had a little bit of paid time, um, you know, just so that they can get to know their baby. It's listen, especially with your first kid, John, yeah. listen up. It's hard. You know, the yeah. first couple weeks are tough. You're Absolutely. tired. The first sure couple is. months are tough. You know, so to have that week or two, you know, where you can get to know the baby, I think it's healthy and I think it's a good thing. Do I think the government should mandate it? You know, no, I think yes, that you that do. Is... Now, now you're lying. No, no, listen, I, no, 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 I don't. I, I honestly don't think, think you're lying right now. I think you, re- I'm, not, I'm not just poking you, poking the bear. You want it to be forced on the employer. No, I, no, no, no. You got it wrong. I want employers to feel a moral imperative to give certain benefits. That is so, the so difference because, between forcing because them. Because the nanny state lectures, the nanny state lectures, the nanny state lectures an employer. You should do this. You should do this. We're not going to mandate it by law, but we're going to look over you. So you should do this. You should do this. Is this like with child labor laws, Chris, and things like that? Hey, is I'm, that like? I'm not a big fan of child labor laws either. <laughs> 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 listen, listen. The only reason Chris, 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 uh, w- uh, would ever want paternity leave is so that he can start training his one week old apparently how to sew and work for the the family sweatshop that he has going over there in, in Washington. So, so and cook. What's, what's the and problem? Cook. He wants his children cooking. Absolutely. No, I I don't think it should be forced, but I do think people should. And not, I'm not talking specifically about paternity leave. And we happen to work for a very generous company. Yes, but I, listen, I think a lot of businesses do abuse their employees, and so you know there is something to that. But you nobody's. Have to find that middle but you're not shackled to the to the job. It depends. Sometimes you are. No, you're not. Quit. Listen, some people we don't have we don't have it. I'm going to sound now. Here we go. I'm going to sound like oh, a comedy, but we don't have limitations necessarily. The three of us, but some people really do. And I agree. And then what you do, what do you do? You move. You don't like your situation. You get out of your situation. Stop making excuses for yourself. So you're let so me, bitter. Let, I am bitter. Let me throw a, a, a spend time. Me play spend, you know, just a minute. Here, just a minute, I'll Billy. Throw, Billy, I'll throw this at you guys. Okay, just but, just a minute. Just a minute, Billy. Spend two minutes a week with you and and come away not bitter. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. No. Now John's going to enlighten us because John's the wise one. That's why he gets to be deputy managing editor and janitor for the Blaze. I don't. So. No. It just it just takes a lot of under the under the table money, really. <laughs> if you if you just if I were being honest, uh, which really isn't. So I'm right. Be. So you're a good um, company. So you know we 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 all believe that. Um, well, I I, I don't want to put beliefs in your mouth. Let me put it this way. Um, there come. Even if you believe in less government, right, um, if you look back, there have historically been um, – look at Good Samaritan laws, right? So in Minnesota, I think there was a, a, a classic case where someone um, uh, saw someone in need. Uh, they did not um, uh, come to that person's aid, and they're prosecuted under Good Samaritan laws, Good Samaritan law being that you know you – seen someone in need you have a you have a basic responsibility to help that well, person. it's it's why it's why jerry george elaine and kramer wound up in jail yes exactly right okay. yeah. and so um you you could then make the argument that um even you know if men if if man is inherently evil which as christians we believe right then is there a certain time and place that government can step in and say you know what, you need to do the right thing. And we are going to make a law that says that you have to do the right thing, as in Good Samaritan laws. So, you know, in playing devil's advocate here, could you say 
that uh, because we are uh, an inherently, you, you know, not good people, that the government coming in and saying, you know what, we think it's the right thing to support the family unit this way, and we are going to then, you know, mandate paternity leave. Chris, do you see that as something similar? Uh, Could it be I, I, something? I think that those, I think that those two things are similar, but I don't, I don't support them. Like, I think that you know the laws. Uh, are are there to stop us from doing bad things rather than to make us do good things? You, do you know so, what I mean? So it's basically you, you you kind of believe in that in that idea of of negative freedoms. Um, yeah, so I mean the I guess law like, is there to tell us what not to do. Like well, you said, it's, just, it's to keep us from you know, it's it's to keep us from messing with other people's stuff. Can I just interrupt both of you to give two very depressing facts? Mexico oh, and boy. Malta offer paid paternity leave. Mexico. Can we just marinate on that for a minute, please? <laughs> so, so, so Billy's Billy's argument here is is not some sort of moral imperative. Billy's arg, Billy's argument is we should be more like Mexico. Well, that's a great argument. That's Billy, freaking, think, that that just he, wants, he wants a a a a, a, a siesta oh. every afternoon. Oh, he too, right? Hate John. Actually, no, that wait, wait, wait. Would not be a bad John, idea. John, that would not be a bad idea. John, I want you to know that um everybody on the blaze already does the siesta thing every day. <laughs> Man, I'm sure glad I joined this podcast. I'm learning so much. That's right. So um, you'll have to bring that up in the next editorial meeting that I won't be on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Can we talk about how Estonia offers? I'm looking right now at this you know, chart that Pew yeah, put together. This, what, Estonia offers 108 days paid and then another 180 protected. So, so wait, so what is Estonia's GDP? Uh, 50 cents. Fifty percent. percent. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. See. All right. Hey, John, we're going to take a break. Can you stick with us for the break and then we'll we'll come back? We want there's a couple stories from the Blaze we want to talk to you about. You bet. All right, just a minute. We will be <laughs> we'll be right back. Devil. Back to the church boys. Did you guys know that you can get the church boys on iTunes? I you can did. download what? I did know that. I heard that. You're interrupting me. I'm Sorry. talking to people. I thought you were talking you to me. The... I'm not. I'm not actually speaking to you. I thought you were but, talking um... to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> John Seidel. John Seidel. Somehow, somehow we didn't get. We were not able to. It's amazing to dis... we get anything done on this show. <laughs> I was trying I'm to trying disconnect. To tell people to download us on iTunes, and you're interrupting me. We're also on SoundCloud. Somehow we weren't able to disconnect John from from Skype. So. <laughs> He's still Wait, here. I'm not done. He's We're on Twitter, here. too. <laughs> you know, there's no point. We're at, Sorry. Find us on Twitter and Facebook and SoundCloud <laughs> and iTunes. How's that? John, you still there? Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Well, listen, we actually, we, we now that we're done fighting over paternity leave and it was two against one and Chris lost and <laughs> oh, we yes. don't need to really spend too much more time on it, I can <sighs> say that we have another interesting story. And this is this is Duck Dynasty star Phil Robertson. And if you missed the story, it's really one of those those stories it's hard to recap, but I'm gonna try. <laughs> um, and, and I'm I'm going to I'm gonna say this. He delivered a prayer breakfast speech last Friday <laughs> in Vero Beach, Florida, and that prayer breakfast speech um, sparked a lot of controversy, put him back in the headlines because he ended up giving this very graphic example about atheists and you know, his point was to try to say good and evil come from one specific place, and that place would be God. 
you know, he's a Christian, so that's what he believes. Uh, but you know, he goes into this very graphic description of rape and murder and and all of that. And and I mean, you kind of have to hear it to believe it and to understand it. But yeah, you know, there's a solid debate about whether or not he crossed the line here. Uh, what do you, what do you think, Chris? Well, you know, I think. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, uh, it's amazing how clear you sound. <laughs> when, when that first, when that first quack, when that first quack came over, I thought, "What in the world is it?" I thought there was something on your computer, Billy, but it was now it was John. No, I actually thought we had audio of Phil Robertson talking. <laughs> <laughs> so no, here I I think should I? Do you want me to read the paragraph? Like the, the, the yeah. Okay, let me re- let me read this. And this is what he said at the prayer breakfast. This is, this is your, your writing says, R. Robertson's hypothetical example settled around two burglars breaking into an atheist family's home and raping and killing a woman and her children. Here's the controversial transcript of his remarks. So can you me, do it in a Phil Robertson voice? I don't think I can. Let me, just, uh, let me just read it here real quickly. I'll make a bet with you. Two guys break into an atheist's home. He has a little atheist wife and two little atheist daughters. Two guys break into his home and tie him up in a chair and gag him and then they take his two daughters in front of him and rape both of them and then shoot him and they take his wife and decapitate her head off in front of him. <clears throat> and then they can look at him and say, isn't it great that I don't have to worry about being judged? There's no right or wrong. And then you take a sharp knife and take his manhood and hold it in front of him and say, wouldn't it be something if this was something wrong, if there was something wrong with this? But you're the one who says there's no God, there's no right, there's no wrong. So we're just having fun. We're sick in the head. Have a nice day. So those, those are his remarks. I think wow. that... So I think that to me, to me, the problem with his, the biggest problem with his remarks is that when you use graphic examples, those graphic examples overshadow the point that you're trying to make or can overshadow the point that you're trying to make. You got to know that the left who doesn't want to argue the substance of your debate on how do atheists determine right or wrong without there being a God involved, which is definitely something worth discussing. And you take this and this is the example that you use you overshadow your larger point. You can't overshadow your larger point. You have to understand that the Sally Cones of the world and the, and the even right-wing atheists, you know, right-wing atheists, left-wing atheists, they're all going to focus on, on the graphic example you gave and not on the substance of your debate. Right. Uh, So I, I, I agree um, wholeheartedly with that. I think um, that, you know, uh, how you say something in, in, in the world that we live in is many times just as important as what you say. Yeah. Okay. Now, Billy, maybe you can fill some of the gaps in here, but his audience, so this was at what prayer? This was at, um, it's the Vero beach uh, prayer breakfast. Okay. So the other thing that I'll say is that he, he, he's speaking to a, It seems to me is you know a kind of specific audience. So I I mentioned this example to um, my uh, wife's grandfather yesterday uh, at dinner, who is you know southern as they come. You know grew up grew up in 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 South Texas and and you know just just that very stereotypical or you know very stereotypical Duck Dynasty audience. Okay and. And I, I, I said the story to him and he said, so, okay, what's wrong with that? And, and so I think 
if that's your audience, they're going to grasp what he's saying. Okay, but if if this is for a wider audience, then I think Chris, you're right. It kind of it, it overshadows it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think you got to understand. I I don't have a problem with I I, I frankly agree with his principle. I don't know that I would have said it the way, right, but right, you, right. but but like like you said, it depends on who, who your audience is. You know, the same thing happened with his GQ uh, interview a year and a half ago, right? Where he talks about, um, you know, I don't understand the gay thing, and he talks about him. I mean, he gets explicit about you know, you know, <coughs> you know, uh, mechanics, butts, and things like <laughs> yeah, that. yeah, human mechanics and that sort of thing, and and how the whole procreation thing works. And my mom said, "I'm because I, I was having a discussion with my mom, and she said, but you know, the way he said it is just." You know, it's just not a pleasant way to say it. I said, sometimes you just got to be out there and you say these things. You got to understand who your audience is. And well, even if, Willie, if, even right, his kids separated but, themselves. Right. From that but even bit. but even if I guess even if I thought that what he said was was offensive, which I didn't. The the only reason it got talked about was because he said it like that. Right? It was a discussion that we actually had. Because we've had these discussions, theologians have had these discussions for decades, for centuries, these kinds of discussions. But in order for the real world to talk about it, you talk about it in real world terms, which is what he was doing. And I think that this atheist thing is, is of a similar vein. Like he put it into real world things, stark contrast to what normal behavior is, right? Or what, well, what think, he views as normal I, behavior. I think the other thing here is that, you know, atheist, and when you when you look at sort of the commentary on this, to an atheist, this is basically you saying you can't be a moral person in, the, in their eyes. That's how they receive this. And, you know, they have their whole mantra, we can be good without God, we don't need God. So this is this is a huge slap in the face to them, which is why it got some, uh, another reason why it got so much attention. Uh, but, you know, we had a chance to talk with the, um, you know, the organizer of this prayer breakfast, and he he basically said that everybody loved it. Like you were saying, John, they, they knew the audience, and the audience loved it. It wasn't weird to them. They got it. They clapped. They really enjoyed it. And so it's interesting when you take that same message and put it out to the public without a lot of context, because let's face it, this clip that they put out there in the transcript we read doesn't really put it in context around it. Not that it's going to change the meaning a whole a whole bunch, but I think when you're watching an hour-long event and you have somebody speaking during that and this is in there, it sort of jives a little bit more with the rest of the message. That is another reason I think why it's it's gotten so much so much attention, the framing of it. And and I will say what 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 I think so many people appreciate about Phil Robertson is there's so many out there who when they get a show or when they become famous or popular, um, they just they, they become these 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 kind of spineless uh, people who never really give you uh, an answer to the question that you ask or or they're equivocating so much. But, you know, Phil is like, listen, this is who I am. The, you know, the show, this this family had a very popular and successful business before the show. It's more popular now because of the show. But, you know, I, I think the show is probably, you know, it's almost done. It's in its twilight. And so they're going to continue to be who they are and, and have success after it. And so he doesn't put his faith in his his success and worth in the show. Right. And I think I and I think that's one of the things that, you know, all of us, all of us, a lot of us on the right who love him. That's what we love about them and their families, and they just don't back down. It's, it would be one thing if they said something that was just totally um, unbiblical or had no grounding in Scripture. Whether whether or not you agree with them theologically, they at least have some grounding in Scripture, right? And the things that they say, I, I can, you know, I think that 
reasonable people can re- at least respect them for those things. And it's not a sense of hate. If you listen to anything that Phil Robertson has ever come out and said, whether it was at this prayer breakfast or the videos he's made or other, you know, speeches he's given, he never says any of this in a spirit of hatred and a spirit of really even of other, if, if there's any anger, it's like a righteous indignation kind of anger, not a, not a personal venom for anybody. Yeah, that's an important point too. He's not he's not going after specific people, but I think again, you know, when you're a gay person or you're an atheist and you hear these things, you then you then personalize them, and that's where the the danger sort of comes, I think, in how and how people deal with deal with this. I I think he's funny. This is not an example that I would have used. I mean, it's not the way that I would have talked, but but I think you're right, Chris. This is pretty consistent with that GQ interview, and it's pretty consistent with a lot of the the commentaries that he makes on social and theological issues. He's very explicit and sort of goes into detail on some of these things. And I, I think we're also not really used to seeing that from, from people in the public eye. And, I, and one of my favorite all-time authors is a woman named Flannery O'Connor. I mean, if you've, you've, I mean, she's just fantastic. And one of the things she wrote, because she, she infused religion in a lot of the things that she wrote, and just, in fact, just about everything, a lot of symbolism, and people asked her about that and, you know, why do you say these kinds of things and why are you so stark about these things? And she said one time, she said, to the heart of hearing, you must shout. To those blind or to the heart of seeing, you must draw large, imposing figures. So sometimes you just got to be out there and say the big, tough things in order for people to at least discuss it because they're apparently not hearing you otherwise. Yeah, it's a great point. I think, you know, um, um, we've... You know, I've, I've used the example in, in, in business, in life, in, in just a lot of things that, you know, if, if you um, think of a game of uh, a tug of war and if you want to win the game of, 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 of tug of war, you don't just um, uh, pull, uh, you know, enough to get the, you know, the little flag on the rope to the line, right? You have to pull up. Uh, above and beyond what what would be required to get you know the 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 uh, uh, the flag to the line so that you can actually win right like you you have to you have to sometimes and, and you know pull and pull and pull harder um, just in order to get to the point where you're right over the line yeah. does that make sense yep I get it oh excuse me bump the microphone what just happened I I I turned my head to check the to check the uh... The software here to see our audio field and bang my headphones against the microphone. That's I'm, embarrassing. Well, I'm not a professional. <laughs> I just play one in real life. <laughs> I don't even pretend. I don't even pretend anymore. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, you know, between paternity leave and now you smacking the microphone with your head, I think that you know, Seidel might be your replacement. Fine, fine with me, Seidel. Now you're stuck with Billy for two hours a week. Okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Listen, I already get him. I already get him about ten hours a day, uh, where he's chatting me. Uh, oh, uh, me too. So he bugs you all day too? Oh, totally. And John's like, "Stop IMing me," but then I can't stop. I just keep IMing, and Every... I, I am random thoughts. And John's like, "Stop," and I don't stop 15... for years now. Can I, can I can I share the one infamous story, Billy? Uh, Billy, one wait, day. Was, wait, 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 was... wait. Does it have to do with prison? <laughs> That should be a whole episode. It'll have to be. Oh. So tell the infamous story that isn't prison, isn't prison related. Billy, Billy, one day was IMing me like like this was about I don't know what a year and a half ago, Billy, and he was just like firing off so many things. By the way, you can, you might be able to hear my dogs in the background. They do not like the garbage man. Um, 
he was firing off like so many things and, and it was like, what about this? What about this? Oh, this, this, that, 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 that. And so like I, I responded back to him, I think with just one word or, or a few words. And I said, Billy focused. <laughs> and I um, became enraged. <laughs> Billy was so pissed at me. He like called me up. He stewed over it for a couple days. It went on for like a week. You're such a yeah, girl. I was really offended. And I'm like, in the end I was like, well, did you need to focus or didn't you? Well, yeah, but... <laughs> well, you know, we could also talk about the time that John and I were firing messages back and forth and he accidentally red bannered one of them. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. I did. I posted it on the front of the blaze. <laughs> and, and then Stu, Stu had to IM me and say, um, I think there's something on the front of the website that should be there. Uh, I love it. Sure enough. Wait, the best part is that I don't think any of us would know how to recreate that. I don't think no. any of us would know how to even publish an IM conversation from a red banner. I don't think you could do it again if you wanted to. That makes me yeah. so happy. In infamous, infamous moment. Oh, man. All right. Well, hey, John, John Seidel, thank you so much for being on with us today. We appreciate hey, it. Hey, anytime. I liked it. Yeah, we had fun. We'll have to do it again sometime. You're not, you're not half bad. Yeah, I'm not half good either. But. That's right. Well, you know, but it means I have to talk to Billy half as much, which is really quite a relief, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. All right, guys. Okay, you, hey, you need to give us a give, give us a give us a DJ sign off. Thanks for joining us today. It's going to be a great weekend. The sun's going to be shining. It's going to be a high of thirty nine and a low of forty two. You guys have a great weekend. Church boy.